Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And we are about to usher in a new era of Pac-12 athletics. Yep, yep. Uh, George Kiliakov. Kiliakov. Yeah, yeah. Kliavkov. Still, still waiting to get that established, how it's pronounced. Uh, from the MGM Resorts family. Uh, he was the president of entertainment and sports for MGM, which means he did a lot of TV work, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, worked with NBC and MLB media. It sounded like before that. The one thing he hasn't really done is worked in college athletics, which my knee jerk reaction to you was, isn't this what we just did? Uh, Yeah. Now, hopefully that's not going to be the same as the you know if if he starts the same way the larry scott era started with with big successful changes yeah yeah you're right i mean and that's the thing to keep in mind i guess with him i think there's several things i mean i'll say this first of all i've I've thought about it and i i don't want to be and i'm not going to be and i'm not saying you are either but i know some people are i'm not going to be against the guy simply because he's an outside the box hire just like larry scott because i think that's i mean They're not connected. He may not work out any better than Larry Scott, but it's not like we hired Larry Scott's right-hand man or something like that where you're thinking, well, we're just getting more of the same. Um, You know, thinking outside the traditional college sports hierarchy, I'll be honest, I think college sports would be better off if if it did that more often, if it brought in people with outside ideas and and things that challenged the status quo. So I'm, I'm... gonna embrace the guy until he gives me reason not to embrace him let's just say that and he may but i'm not gonna be against him just because larry scott failed well and and one of the things that is nice about having an outsider come in which he is effectively yeah. an outsider oh, for sure. yeah. Um, yeah. is he doesn't have to or at least he certainly didn't feel like he had to protect people or placate egos right because you know in the press conference he was saying well football and basketball are bad and we need to get the network to everyone yeah and it's like yeah that's those are the three biggest issues with the conference right now yes i mean he hit the right notes for me in his intro presser now it's it reminds me and you know we've talked a little bit more than a little bit already of of you know bobby hurley and this offseason for asu and it reminds me a lot of that in that you know actions matter more than words and delivering on your words and we don't know yet if Bobby Hurley's going to and we don't know yet if this guy's going to but it's got to start somewhere it's sort of you know to hit close to home for you and me a movie that you and I both love it's a Ray Zelinsky step one is identifying the problem and this guy seems to have identified the problems can he wash them out that will we'll figure out in time and that's harder but you know he he hit the right notes that we got to figure out the network it's got to be more available and the revenue sports are where we've got to improve. And, and everything else will improve around that or benefit from it. Maybe not improve because the non-revenue sports are already in pretty good shape competitively. Yeah. But they will benefit financially from men's basketball and football improving. Right. Absolutely. And the other thing with him is the the network. He was not shy yeah. about, you know, we need to change the network model. Yes. Yes got to be more distributed, got to be more available. And, and it absolutely does. And so, I mean, it's, it's, now you say those things are obvious. I mean, you could, you could say that if you wanted to be a cynic, but 
they clearly were not obvious to his predecessor. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been in this position. You know, or at like, least, or at uh, least he wasn't. It felt like at the beginning, the idea of launching the own network and uh-huh. doing these things, like it was a path. And and we were the only conference who took the path of our own network, right. not with an affiliated right. broadcast partner. And that, at some level, was a big move because if it had been yeah. successful, if it had gotten wide distribution, if it had gotten you know <laughs> national advertising. Yeah, the conference could have made oh sure a ton could of money moved ahead of things. Yeah, no, I, it was a bold move that didn't work out. Right, but rather than rather than realize that the bold move wasn't working out, I mean, we we see this a lot in sports. You know, you sign a guy to a big extension or you bring in a big coach, and it's like, at what point do you realize that this gamble is not working, and let's just cut bait? And Larry Scott and his his administration never realized it wasn't working. And they were given a life raft a couple years ago by ESPN, and they turned it down. Mm-hmm. ESPN was willing to buy it, take over distribution, and they said no. So it, that's the thing. It's like gamble. I don't blame him for the gamble initially, but when you make a gamble and it fails or it's failing, realize it and get out of it. And and he just didn't. I mean, he and, and his people around him. I'm not going to blame just him obviously did not think that that was a problem that needed to be fixed to never get on direct TV. I mean, I know you don't have direct TV and I know direct TV is losing subscribers at a, you know, alarming rate, but it's still a big thing. And to not be on there is, is just, it's, uh, it's embarrassing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and it's not just direct TV. It's really any cable provider. That's not right a regional provider in a Pac-12 state. Like, right. you know, if you live locally, you can go to the games. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the the network is supposed to be designed for people like me. To spread uh, who, exposure. Right, who yes. don't live there, who want, like, all I want is to watch the ASU games. Right, right. I mean, that's what the Big Ten network is. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you live in Arizona, California, whatever, and you're a, a Minnesota fan, you can watch every Minnesota football game, probably every Minnesota basketball game, and a good deal of you know Minnesota field hockey or lacrosse or water polo or whatever sports they play there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it and it gives you that exposure and it and it ties you. And the SEC does the same thing. You turn on SEC Network and you get the you know the advertisements for whatever the I can't even think of it now. The sporting goods store that's big in the South. And we don't you know I don't even have it here. But, you know, it's it's geared to them, but then it's also geared to the people who are, you know, the, the transplants, the people who grew up in Alabama, but now they live in Denver and they want to watch SEC sports. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Pac-12 has done – I mean, you used to have it on – what was it? What was, what was it called that you had? Um, I had it on U-verse. And U-verse, it got, and it got right. dropped from U-verse too. And it got dropped. It's not on – you know, don't you have YouTube TV and it's not on there? Yeah, it's not on YouTube TV. You can't even add it with the sports expansion. Right, right. But but ACC, SEC, and Big Ten, I can get all of those. Yeah. So I mean, I I mean, I've said this before to you. I know, but it 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 will never you know strike me as anything less than ridiculous that you know I could watch every Trevor Lawrence football game in my living room, but I couldn't watch every Jaden Daniels football game when he plays his home games five miles from my house. Yeah. And it's just it's it's insane that that's the case. Yeah, it it's a it is a glaring 
problem and at least we're acknowledging it. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, you know, I I go back to the Ray Zelensky. Step one is identifying the problem. Step two is washing it out. This guy seems to have identified the problem. So I like that. And, and, you know, again, I'm okay with an outside the box guy. I know, you know, there's a lot of the media seem to think, well, they got to hire somebody with traditional college sports experience. Gene Smith, Oliver Luck, uh, you know, you heard different names. Greg mm-hmm. Bird, um, you know, the, the woman who I think is the commissioner of the West Coast Conference. Yeah. I don't know her name offhand. Um, you know, and that would have been fine. But again, college sports needs a shakeup. It's coming whether we like it or not with the, you know, with the NIL stuff and the transfers and the, the college sports that you and I grew up with is changing right before our very eyes. And so bringing in somebody who doesn't have you know, preconceived notions of this is how college sports needs to be. I'm okay with that. I'm more than okay with that. Um, but, you know, you, you also do have to recognize that football and basketball still, as the guy said, that's where the bread is buttered everywhere. And Larry Scott didn't seem to realize that. He seemed to think that, well, you know what? We can be great in softball and tennis and golf, and that's going to mean just as much as football and basketball. And it just doesn't. Like mm-hmm. it or not, it just doesn't. Yeah. And they are, they are trying the the one thing that I appreciate, and maybe this is, I, I, you know, I see that reaction on social media to it was mixed, but it, it also seems like George is acknowledging his shortcomings and where he doesn't know things. You know, he, he's talked about trying to add somebody to, to deal with the, universities and the ad's directly Uh and it's like yeah this guy doesn't do that this guy sells things and packages deals yeah yeah i mean that my reaction to that is is great you know real be self-aware be aware of what you're good at and what you're not good at and what you're not good at bring in people to help you because larry scott didn't do this job by himself tom Mm -hmm. hansen didn't do the job by himself kevin warren doesn't do it by himself i mean you know like you have people around you I mean, look at, you know, you think Nick Saban, you know, coaches every single aspect of the Alabama football team? No. He hires good people to, to take care of things. And he's the CEO. And he brings in the talent and he brings it, you know. Like, that's what you have to do. You try to manage every single aspect, you will fail. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. Know what you aren't good at and bring in people to help you out. But ultimately, the you know, the buck stops with you. Right. Well, and that's, you know, one of the marks of the last couple of years of the Scott tenure has been, you know, overhauling the VP level at the right. conference. Right. And, you know, to draw a parallel to ASU basketball, it's kind of like what Bobby Hurley's going through now. Yeah. Where, yeah. where we're overhauling this level. If this doesn't work, he's got to go. Then that's what ha- Yeah. Yeah, and and that's where we're at with Pac-12, and you know, I mean, I, I um, yeah, I mean, look, I, we don't know how it's going to work, and and you made the point right off the bat that you know, it's important to keep in mind that Larry Scott's first eighteen months, two years, we thought, man, we really struck gold with this guy. He knows what he's doing, and it's going to really help. And it wasn't, and it you know, to bring it close to home in an ASU comparison, kind of like Dennis Erickson. Mm-hmm. You know, after the first year of Dennis Erickson, we thought, wow. What a move that was. 
we are we are on track and then four years later we weren't on track and and he went out the door um so you know you got to give it time you got to see how things go but yeah i mean if he can first order of business has got to be tv exposure because the whole okay we got to improve football and basketball that comes about through tv exposure better exposure more money more you know resources for the teams better facilities better recruiting better coaches i mean it's it's a domino effect and so if you want to you can't just snap your fingers and make usc a national power again you know it, it's gotta it's gotta start at the ground level of the conference and the exposure and the finances and and then you hope that that leads to better coaching hires better recruiting keeping talented players home etc yeah and that it, it's one of those things where it, you know the interconnectedness of everything right because yeah objectively he's not hiring the coaches for these programs no. he's not no. conducting the recruiting but you need these other things in place to make those things better and Happen. easier yeah exactly yeah yeah and so the you know the first priority, and I mean, I think it was I think it was Stuart Mandel wrote a column. It might have been the one I sent you, and he basically said like the the first priority is almost a almost a tap in putt. Like he's you know the TV deal's coming up. You're gonna make more money off the TV deal than you were making before, no matter what you do. Um, so like he should have a victory under his belt within the first you know year year and a half, and and then you build on that. You know I mean because that that's that's easy. I, mean, I hate to say it, I, you know, I couldn't do it. I'm not saying I could, but for somebody at this level, like, you know, the, the TV deals out there to be redone, you got to get it done and it shouldn't be that hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Hey. Well, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like I said, this guy cannot make USC football great again or, Oregon football, you know, get to the playoff. I mean, that, those things aren't controlled by the commissioner. Um, but, you know, that's what you need. Uh, you know, I read somebody said, you know, okay, this guy's challenge is to make, you know, Oregon State fans care as much as, as Auburn fans. and or, or can he do that? No, you can't do that. But that was never the case. And in, in 2005, when USC was the preeminent program in the country, Oregon State fans didn't care as much as Auburn fans. And, and so, you know, it can, you can make the conference better without expecting it to be equal to the SEC. Yeah. There, the gap is big enough that we can show significant improvement. Right, right. <laughs> so I never buy that, you know, the whole like, well, SEC fans just care more and Big Ten fans just care more. Or, oh, they're stuck in the Pacific time zone. Those are things that were the case when we were kids, when we were in high school, when we were in college. And the Pac-10 was not viewed as an afterthought back then. And they always, you know, USC football with Leinert and Bush, they played a lot of games in the Pacific time zone, most mm -hmm. of their games. Yeah. And people still wanted to see them because they were, they were must-see TV. Yeah. Well, and the primetime spot, and, and Fox, I get, is trying really hard to open big noon kickoff. And they've done a really good job with that. But the primetime football spot is 3.30 and 7. That's, yeah. That's when yeah. football, college football matters. Yeah. And yeah. Pac-12 teams can play a 12:30 kickoff. They can play a four o'clock kickoff. Yeah. So there's no reason why they can't be, you know, the Rose Bowl is 
a 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff. That's what it is. So right, right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you gotta you gotta get in those windows. I mean, and there's there's opportunities there. I mean, whether it's with CBS who's losing the SEC, whether it's with NBC who only has Notre Dame, you know, why not? Why? I mean, if NBC's interested, and you get you know Peacock to take over some of the streaming or whatever, but you get a maybe you do a national NBC game, you know, as a doubleheader with Notre Dame. Every you know, or when Notre Dame's not home, you get their marquee slot. So if Notre Dame's at home at at three thirty Eastern, you play a seven game at, at seven thirty Eastern. You yeah. know, after or vice versa. If Notre Dame's playing a night game, you get a Pac twelve game before that. Uh, you know, you know, and again, CBS wide open. Mm-hmm. They, they're losing their marquee attraction now. You know, well, is and CBS going to jump? Maybe I don't know. But well, they, finding one, out. one of the things to consider with that, much like NBC with Peacock, is CBS has Paramount. Paramount, right. And you, right. you know, you say, you know, and we saw a version of this with WWE Network being subsumed into Peacock. Right. right. Is you could just say, say, we want to move this into your platform. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Put the archive on there, you know, the, the specials they do, the, those, you know, yeah. hard knocks type things they did with, with ASU, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, put that on there and then do, you know, you get some live streaming of games. You get, you know, you get some games on, you get, you know, one national game a week. Um, and then you put those on there. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of the TV business, but to me, that seems like those are two obvious destinations. If, well, if you're not getting the traction you want with ESPN or Fox, go to those two places. Well, and the other piece with the Pac-12 network is this. What I'm hoping is if we don't align with a place that will stream all of the games. And I yeah. get that you have to pay for a streaming service. Sure. The Pac-12 under Larry Scott was so obstinate in refusing yeah. to stream games independent of having the network. Yeah. Let me yeah. buy, you know, I can buy MLB TV. I can buy right. NBA TV. NBA, I, yes. I can buy yes. the NFL on DirecTV. Let yes. me buy the Pac-12 network from you to watch on my laptop. Yeah. I know. I agree with you. You and I talked about that a couple ago. Like, it's, you know, create your own streaming option. Have an app on the smart TVs that you can go to Pac-12. You can pay five bucks a month. Um, or 10 bucks a month to get stuff, you know, commercial free or however you want to do it. You know, that's all, all these places are doing the tiers, um, you know, and, and make the money. But yeah, I mean, the, the attitude of, of the PAC 12 network under the direction of Larry Scott almost always came across like, well, you've, you've got to earn your way to see our product. And that is not a great way of doing business. I'm not sure that the sec as popular as it is would succeed if that was their way of doing business. And it was like, you know, well, you, you gotta, you gotta be lucky enough to see our product. People would be well, like, and they made it, you. Yeah. They made it seem like, well, if you really want to see this, you'll rearrange you'll your companies. life. And, and, right. and I right. did when I switched, <laughs> I went and got Uverse to make sure I could get exactly. Pac-12 network. And then they got dropped from Uverse, And it's like, well, I, exactly. I can't keep jumping from keep chasing providers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, when I made the, you know, the switch to DirecTV, I did it with the full knowledge that, you know, okay, I wasn't going to get Pac-12, but the choice for me was Pac-12 Network, which, okay, I can probably still watch at least half the ASU games not on there, and I don't really care that much about the rest of the conference, um, or NFL, 
Well, as a big football fan in general, NFL's going to win 10 times out of 10. And, and, you know, and I, I just, there's not enough, there's not enough hardcore Pac-12 sports fans to, to do what you're saying you were asked to do, which yeah. is, well, I'll just keep chasing you. You know, mm-hmm. you're not where I want, so I'll just keep chasing you. That, that's not going to be the case. There's, there's way too much apathy in mm-hmm. the Pac-12 area, uh, you know, of, well, if you make it easy for me, I'll turn it on, but I'm not going to work hard. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to work hard to watch ASU or Oregon or Stanford or whoever it may be that's your favorite team. Yeah, well, and it's, I'm willing to, you know, if you make this possible, I'm willing to go get it. But as soon as it left <laughs> UVerse, it's like, well, I, th- I can't do, do this. Now? Yeah. Yeah. I have a, yeah. it's like, I have an agreement with them. They provide my internet. I right, can't, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, it just, it's, uh, I was always hoping that they'd figure it out with DirecTV. They never have, um, you know, because I'd like to have it. You know, I do. I, you know, it's frustrating when ASU's at Oregon State and I got to, you know, put it on my iPad and try to stream it through another account or something. And yeah, it's kind of frustrating. Would I rather have it on TV? Yes. But again, if the choice is between, uh, you know, three or four ASU games a season and maybe a handful of basketball games and being able to have NFL Sunday ticket. I'm choosing Sunday ticket, and I bet I'm not alone in that. No, of course not. So, I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully this guy is going to follow through on what he said, and I'm, I'm encouraged by what he had to say. I know he took a little bit of criticism when, the you know, they asked him about the non-revenue sports, and he made the comment about, you know, we know where our bread is butter, and that's football and basketball. That's going to that's gonna tweak some people who are like, well, what about us? If if you if you're saying that you don't get the business of college sports, I think I hate to say that, but you don't get that. You know what about us is look take care of football and men's basketball, make those better, make them financially stronger, and that money flows downhill to women's basketball, tennis, wrestling, gymnastics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Those sports will benefit from a stronger top. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I guess the last thing to talk about is with his ties to Vegas, you know, I think, yeah. I think we're drifting towards one, another round of expansion where I, I don't know if UNLV is that attractive, but that's it's interesting, isn't it? You know, yeah. we, I, you the know. Pac-12 basically is taking Nevada without having a team in Nevada. Without having it. And it. maybe you don't need UNLV. You know, I mean, I've, I've thought about that too. Like, you know, the natural thought is. Well, do you, you know, would you expand to say, you know, UNLV, like, let's say you go to 16, let's say, you, you know, you, you swing big or even 14, you know, UNLV and, and San Diego State or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but do you need it? You already got California. Yeah. You know, you got four programs in California and it's not like Nevada has, whether it's, you know, Nevada, Reno or UNLV. They're not in major conferences, so like it's kind of one of those like I don't know if you could take Vegas without having a team in Vegas, it, uh, maybe that's for the best uh, financially. It probably is. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I I think I I don't know if you need the team, but it, it sounds like he's moving to San Francisco. But when the lease is up, the conference is. Yeah, I agree. And and Vegas makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know the the title game is moving there this year. The basketball, basketball tournaments, tournaments already have there. been there for a while, both, mm-hmm. you know, men's and women's. Like, and it's a look. I mean, it's a great destination. 
I don't know if you saw, you know, the NFL schedule came out and then there was a story about the five most expensive tickets on, on, uh, I don't know, Ticket City or whatever site. Four of the five were Raiders home games mm-hmm. because it's a destination. People will go and, and they'll spend a weekend in Vegas and then they'll go see the Ravens and they'll go see the Dolphins and they'll go see the Bears or whoever's playing there. So it's a, I mean, if you can make Vegas to the Pac 12, sort of like what Atlanta is to the SEC. Gotta, I mean, you jump at that, I think. Absolutely. You yeah. make that the hub of everything. And there's yeah. no SEC program in Atlanta. George is close, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not in Atlanta. Yeah. It's just that's well, where everybody congregates. Yeah, and everyone has it. I think every school that has an easy flight has an easy flight to Vegas. I, you know, Washington State yeah. and Oregon State don't really have easy flights no, anywhere. No, no. Um, but you can probably, I'm sure you can get from Seattle to Vegas, fairly simply. Yeah. Portland to Vegas. Yeah, you know, Bay Area to Vegas, LA to Vegas, easily Phoenix, obviously Tucson, so, I mean, Denver. Yeah, Denver, know. Salt Lake. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's if you can make that the hub and and you know, it's again, I'm not saying it's going to be the SEC title game. I know that it's not, but you can get people excited about the conference championship game in Vegas that they were not excited about it in San Francisco. San Francisco is expensive. It's expensive to get there. That stadium is nowhere close to actual San Francisco. So if your appeal, you know, if your appeal is, hey, come to San Francisco, you got a 45-minute ride to Levi Stadium. Whereas the Vegas Stadium is five minutes from the airport, yeah. right next to the Strip. I mean, it's it's right there. Um, you know, you got the arena, which isn't far away for the for the basketball tournaments. You got concerts there. You, I mean, like, man, it's just it's too good to be true for the Pac-12. Yeah. And the embracing of Vegas with sports, which used to be kind of a, a no-no, it's perfect timing because gambling is in. You know, we don't we don't hide gambling anymore when it comes to sports. So let's let's just jump in and be part of it. Yeah. Uh, to transition to the other big topic since our, our last conversation, uh, ASU basketball point guard Remy Martin has entered the transfer portal. Uh, that was followed up pretty quickly with a full story from Doug Haller quoting extensively from Remy Martin's father saying this has nothing to do with ASU. He had every intention of going pro, but now he's just trying to protect himself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when that story came out, I texted you. It feels like this was about as good of a planted story as Bobby Hurley could have asked for. Yeah, um, yeah. Not that, not that it is a planted story, but just if I was Bobby Hurley, this is exactly the story I would want. I did everything yeah. right. He told me he wasn't coming back. I said, I'm not going to recruit guys unless you're sure. He's right. like triple confirmed he wouldn't be playing college basketball anymore. And, right. And then I did it, you know. But Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, you know, I thought about it more after we, we texted about it. And, you know, is it is it feasible that, uh, you know, what we hear is true and that, you know, he the feedback he got from the NBA just wasn't very good, which doesn't shock me. Um, I don't. You he know, didn't we get any taller, and no, you know, no, he didn't and, get any bigger. So, and by that point, ASU had moved on and got these other guards, and now it's like, well, you know, we love you, but but we don't really have a spot for you. And he's thinking, well, hey, if I can go somewhere else and maybe you know raise my profile, who knows? Or maybe just have one more great college season and. That's that. Could be that simple, but it does it does make you wonder, um, you know, like, is it that simple? Or is this another example of 
you know, guys leaving, which just leave you scratching your head. Like, you know, yeah, we needed a, we needed a makeover, but did we need a, like an entire tear down the house and build it again? Or could we have left some of the foundation? I mean, we're basically tearing down the house and building it from square one, which is not ideal in what year six for a coach year six, Uh, year seven, year six after missing a tournament. Right. Like it's not like we won a national title Right. And had everyone leave. And a bunch of guys are going to go in the first round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, again, I'm I'm happy that Hurley has realized, hey, last year was a mess and we need to fix it. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted that much better than the, well, you know, she's got some bad breaks. And if things had just gone a few, you know, if we won some close games, we could have, you know, what? A, like, no, 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 no. I did not want that. Um, but, man, I mean, like Jalen House leaving – and Holland Woods leaving, and uh, you know, and it's like, wouldn't it be nice to have just a few building blocks, you know, rather it's than like I Jaylen said, tearing Graham. down the entire house? Yeah, it's Jalen Graham and, and and Lawrence. Um, this is about called Kawhi Leonard. I wish we had Kawhi Leonard. Come on, Lawrence. Uh, you know, like uh, that's it. And uh, I mean, if it works, it works, and great. But that's the type of stuff you want to almost see in year one or two for a coach. I mean, he kind of did it when he first got here. Like, you gotta, you gotta, you know, whitewash it and start over, you know. Uh, but when you're in year six, like, I don't know, man. You'd like some continuity. And Remy Martin, if he was going to come back to college, would have been great continuity to have. Mm-hmm. And maybe he won't. Maybe I mean, he, you know, he still he has still could leave. Um... He still could go pro. You know, I, like I, if I was advising him, I'm obviously not. And nor I don't know the business of basketball that well, but like you're right, he's not going to get any taller. Um, not sure that his game is going to improve enough that even even that, let's say he goes to Kansas and they win the national championship, uh, is he going to be an elite NBA prospect? I don't think so. So like, if you want to go pro, go pro and go play in Europe. I mean, there's there's opportunities there for a guy like him. I would think. Hmm. I, I think he definitely could go to Europe. I Yeah. You know, and certainly, yeah. you know, his family, what is his family Filipino, Indonesian? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there are basketball leagues out there that I'm sure, sure you know, he would have. Uh, I don't know. It just seems very. It, it, it all seems a little too perfect the way Haller described it. It does. And it does. maybe it is. And our, uh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it really was that. Hey, I'm going to go. Don't worry. You know, keep keep recruiting the guards that you're recruiting. We're going. And then he gets feedback from the NBA, and it's like, oh, you're probably an undrafted free agent. And you think, ugh, boy, maybe I should go back and take that extra year in college. And you call ASU, and ASU says, well, man, we love you, but we got, you know, six other guards now. We've told these kids they're going to be playing kind of left us between a rock and a hard place and you say okay well look at other options i mean we got just that great you know like you know the you know jay heath from boston college and marion jackson from toledo are both point guards so it's not you know there's only so much playing time and and basketball to go around so i don't know i mean i hope it's that it just it just does you know it raises questions when you have a guy who is basically the face of the program um, and, and then, you know, you look at Jalen House, who wasn't the face of the program, but kind of felt like he could be, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a guy who, if he had stayed four years by the end, he would have been like the guy you saw on the on the schedule posters and things like that. Um, and he left already. And Remy Martin, after four years, leaves or is maybe going to leave and go play for another school. And I, I mean, maybe we just I say this and it's like maybe we just need to kind of accept that that's college sports now, too. That mm-hmm. you know, guys leave and, and they say, you know, the whole Marcus Bagley, I'm a Sun Devil for life. Like, well, not if you go play somewhere else, but maybe that's the way it is now. Maybe we just need to embrace that. Yeah, maybe maybe when uh, NC State retires Russell Wilson's mm-hmm. jersey, I'll finally get it. And they probably will. You know, I mean, they, you know, they're going to embrace that, and he embraces both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, maybe that's just. You know, and so we see it in pro sports all the time. You know, guys are free agent and, you know, like LeBron leaves Cleveland, not the first time, but the second time. And it's kind of like, okay, we get it. You did your job. You won a title. Uh, you know, you're going to go to greener pastures in L.A. and make movies and make lots of money. And, all right, and, and maybe that's where we're getting with college sports. Maybe 10 years from now, this stuff won't surprise us. Maybe even sooner than that. It'll just be like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, you got a chance to go somewhere else. Go for it. I mean, I don't know if you saw that, you know, the Ohio State receiver, Jamison Williams, who played significant time for them last year, is going to Alabama. Mm -hmm. That stuff would have been unheard of as recently as three or four years ago. But it's just like now it's just par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. It, It just does not stop. You know, know, I guess the difference between that and pros is in pros, a guy didn't choose to go to his first team. Typically. True. True. You You get drafted and you, yeah, you're right. You know? Um, but I mean, I just, I think it's, I think it's probably where we're going or maybe we're already there. We just don't know. We're already there yet that, you know, with the transfer rules changing, which I like, I'm not going to bemoan it, but there are going to be, you know, consequences of it that you're going to see guys who will say, well, you know, I love it at ASU, but there's a better opportunity for me. I'm going to take it. Um, or, or we're going to get guys from, you know, Toledo or wherever the, is that where the Jackson kid is from? Yeah. Remembering, right. Yeah. You know, like, you know, that's what, that's what we need to do is kind of be the, the, the step up program, you know, mind that, you know, look at those kids in the Mac and the mountain West and the West coast. And, and if somebody's a breakout star, you'll get them i mean i you know like you got to keep up or the game's gonna pass you by yeah i i i hope that this is a reset and not just you know bouncing off the sides on our way to rock bottom yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and we don't know i mean that's the thing we we you know, we don't know. Uh, it'll be easier in, you know, two years, I think, to probably look back and say, well, what was what was that 2021 offseason for us? Was it a, just kind of a, okay, we're going to rebuild from scratch, and hey, it, it worked out pretty well. We got back to the tournament. We, we set a base. Or is it, yeah, is it going to be exactly that? Like, well, boy, we should have we seen it coming. That was a big warning sign that things were off the rails and you know, kind of like Dennis Erickson, go back to what we were talking about earlier, when Dennis made some significant staff changes and different recruiting philosophies and things like that, it was like, you hoped it worked out, but it didn't. And and it was just buying time until it was time to kick him to the curb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. 
we'll say, I mean, both of our topics today are ones that it's like, hey, uh, you know, we're hearing the right things. But whether that will be followed up by the right actions and the right results of those actions is just going to take time to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't have those answers today or tomorrow or next week. We just we just have to let it simmer and see what it looks like in six months, a year, whatever. Mm-hmm. The, the ASU basketball program and the Pac-12 conference are similar right now. They kind of are. <laughs> In that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were changes that everyone agreed need to be made. Uh-huh. Uh, we've identified steps to a solution. We don't know if those steps are going to work. Right. Uh, and if right. they don't work, we're going to have more changes. We're so. going to have more trouble and more changes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, yeah, they, there, there's some definite similarities now. As you pointed out, you know, the Pac-12 is making that change in leadership at the very top. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't done that with basketball, and I hope we don't have to. I like Bobby Hurley. Mm-hmm. And I like what he's brought to the program, and I like the excitement and the the moments that he. I mean, you know, you and I will never forget that Kansas game. Absolutely. And, and that was, I mean, that was the top of the world for us as ASU basketball fans. We've not, you know, we've not been, gone to the Final Four, or won a title or anything. You know, and that was it. I mean, that that was the moment that we waited for, and he had a big role in delivering that. Yeah. And and so I wanted to work out for the guy. I wanted to. I'd love him to be here for twenty five years and take us to amazing heights and, and, you know, but, but I'm, I'm cautious now. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm worried about where things are and if he's got the right plan to fix it, but I hope he does. Yeah. Well, we'll follow along with that. We're, we're going to drift closer to our regularly scheduled programming, yes. but uh, yes. until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.